Bill Simmons hosts the most downloaded sports podcast of all time with a rotating crew of celebrities, athletes, media staples, and a slew of other friends and family members who always happen to be available. Check out the Bill Simmons podcast on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Somebody was saying they want me to get a Cars reference in. I said, I can't do it like that. I can't just like, oh my God, oh, The best way to do it is just be like, just Lightning McQueen. Lightning McQueen. <laughs> Hi everyone, welcome to Rise House on Ringer and Seat. Hope you're all safe and well. Today, we're going to talk about England's win over the Czech Republic to qualify top of the group. We're going to talk Scotland, give them some flowers. I kind of feel for Scotland. Denmark and also Memphis Depay and a little more. And my guest today is Mr. Ryan Hunt. What's happening, Ryan? The god of mischief himself. <laughs> <laughs> what have you done? The god of mischief. You know something? It's, um, I don't know, man. It's the stadio in me. It's the stadio. It's like, you know, it just literally comes as it comes as well. I was saying, it's one of the great lines when Loki said it. It is one of the great lines. But like yesterday, I'm thinking about Saka and why we're doing it. And then all of a sudden, and the way he has, um, how can I say it? The way he's, he's burst onto the scene, mm. you know, it's like, it is like he's been sent to us with glorious purpose. I, I couldn't believe it. So I was actually watching the game on German comms. Went to make a cup of tea at halftime. Came back, checked my phone. I was like, oh no. Whenever I log in five minutes after I last logged into Twitter on my phone yeah. and there were a load of notifications, I'm like, what's happened? Like what's usually happened? it's like, what's Musa done? <laughs> <laughs> right? And there were just loads of people being like, all my mentions were just like, Guys, have you seen what Wright said on, on ITV? Because, <laughs> like, obviously, for some people who haven't seen it, yes, on the ITV coverage in the in the UK at halftime, we cut back to you. You said that Bukayo Saka was burdened with glorious purpose, mm. and Keane and Neville were just like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I meant to do. Even Mark, I think I think Mark Pugach might have got the reference, but even you know what was really cool and why I love it and why it makes me so happy that the Right here, our stadio listeners, they, they were like, bam, just like, yeah, I love just the like, fact that just mind. It's, like, it's like, it's like, it is like getting a shout out, I think, because is, they get well, the reference because we've you mentioned know, it you, a couple of times on the podcast, yeah, isn't it? Exactly. So. But the thing with it is, right, you know, people always want to say something like, oh, right, could you get this word into your broadcast? Can you? No, you don't. The fact is what I love, you, you don't do that. You don't no. try and get supercalifragilisticexpialidocious yeah. into it. You know what I mean? It's ridiculous. But when you can put something in like this where, the powers that be, the, the presenter, the producers, the, they're not, they're not niche enough, man. They're not niche enough. So you say something like that, you know, it's hitting the right people, the, just the right ones that say, yeah, man. Was that when you dropped DMX on Match of the Day? Drop DMX. It's like, that's what. What a year, yeah. man. Yeah, and I, I liked, yeah. you know what I liked about the, the DMX thing on Match of the Day though? Was <laughs> how Gary Lineker's really nonchalant. A lovely yeah. tribute. Nice tribute. Nice tribute. He's so, he's, I know, he's so cool like that. I love the fact that he said that because whatever whatever people say about Gary, like even when you do that, he, he kind of knows because he's skating on the edge of stuff and he'll always say, this DMX is, you know, good. And then you, then you explain what DMX was, da-da-da-da. 
through the 90s, early 90s, that man literally, he, he was the one. Yeah, yeah. When someone like DMX passes and they get a nod on match of the day, 80% of the people might not clock that reference, mm. but for the 20% who do, yeah, it means know, yeah. so much. That's why the Loki thing was so great because <laughs> it was kind of like a load of people couldn't really believe what they just heard. Yeah. <laughs> because it is really different if you think about it, like doing Wright's House and doing Stadio and stuff like that. And we, you know, we're like, oh yeah, it's like, you know, what was it the other one? Like Captain Marvel entering yep. the upper earth atmosphere and all this kind of nonsense. Then when you do, <laughs> I think I tweeted at you being like, people are telling me you've just dropped the Loki reference on Prime Time TV. I saw you sent me, I saw you sent me, the, I saw you sent me the, 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 the thread. The mentions. I love, I love the fact that it's almost like we've got, it's a secret society for anybody that knows can be in it. Yeah. You know, because people who know and re- because, I can, well, I can explain it. When Loki comes and he just announces himself and says it, it's just a great line. Yeah, it's man. Great line. And well, that's what Bukayo Sako did yesterday. I Five games now, bloody three man in the matches. I mean, this is the thing about Bukayo. So I don't think I'm burdened with glorious purpose, but watching the game, the England game, I was definitely burdened with eldest sibling pride, Yeah, I think. Because, Why? Like, well, I'm like the eldest of a yes, few, right? Yes, of course, of course, yeah. I was watching Jack Grealish and Bukayo Saka run around in their England kits. It's like, it's like it feels like watching your younger siblings mm. and they look very like like they belong yeah. there. Did and you I, see Jack's interview before? No, I didn't actually. It was He'd done an interview with Gabriel Clark, which was so warm and insightful to him and how he is because he's just, he's very, he's very cool. He's very calm mm. and very driven. Mm. If you can, Bri, try and see if you can get the, um, yeah, I'll, I'll the interview done with Gabriel Clark because even when he was speaking, when he was talking to Gabriel, Gabriel was asking himself, he would say to Gabriel, well, yeah, well, well, what do you think? Um, and the way he spoke, the way he looked, he had a glint in his eye that you could see that there, there is a real, um, there's the, you know, people can do the comparison with Gaza in the way he is. The way that he is and the glint in his eyes, love for football, and he just wants to play, it's there, it's evident. It's evident for people to see. And when I watched it, you warm to him even more because you look at him and you feel like you just want him to be okay. You, mm. you know, I, I, he's, he's, he was really warm. Mm. You know what I mean? I felt like he's somebody that, oh God, I just love him. And that's why I text him and he, he literally, he, he texts back and he's, he's just, I just want to do this. I just want to play. I just want to do well. And even when he got taken off yesterday, mm. you know, it, it, it kind of like, in himself, because I believe that he sees in himself uh, the performances that him being in the team continually. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about somebody who's used to being on the bench. And we're talking about somebody who's like Roy Keane rightly said, you know, he's come up the hard way, been on loan, worked hard, you know what I mean? Playing captain in his hometown club. The burden that, it, that, it, that he has in respect of captain, you know, the fact now that, you know, is he going to leave? Is he going to stay there? You know, getting into the England squad after you've got a manager that's kind of like showing signs that you're not his real fancy. You don't really tickle his fancy, but because you're so good, you literally have to be there. And he's not getting the starting berths that maybe I believe and he believes that he should get. Do you understand what I'm saying, Ryan? Yeah, yeah. Even watching him walk off yesterday, there was a sadness to it because you can see that this guy is ready to unleash, but he just, just feels like he's not as in in control as when he's coming up and he's younger because as a youngster all the way through up to now and only England is the only place where he's been like 
curtailed a little bit for want of a better word. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I think that happens quite a lot though to to, to players of Jack's kind of profile. And, espe- and also I think that at the moment, for all the clamour of who should start or who's not playing and, and whatnot, you can put any four attackers on the field for England at the moment and they're all pretty good. They are, but like we need to find a bit. You know what's really frustrating with, with us now um, as England fans and like we win that game, Saka comes on and, and does brilliantly exactly mm. what you want. Now all of a sudden, the talk is, well, we've got to leave Foden out now. We've got to do, it's just like, instead of going the way of, oh my God, we've got so much positivity now. Mm-hmm. We, you know what I mean? It's not like, who do we leave out now? Leave out. It's like, oh my God, we've got Saka who's coming and proven that, yes, I can come into this level of football and flex. You've got Foden who could do the same, Mount that can do the same. It comes down to a situation now where we should be even more excited about what we've got. Because if we've got Foden, we know we've got Saka. If we've got Saka, we know we've got Foden. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got Grealish. We've got Mount. So we should be even more infused that we've got a calibre of player. This is why I said last night, I don't know who he's, but he doesn't know who his best starting forwards are. We've got a calibre of player that should be able to hurt any defence in this competition. Should be. Yeah. And I think that's actually one of the more encouraging things about it because I, I think I was writing in the Righty's House group that I was like, is it just me or have p- people kind of forgotten how inherently conservative international tournament football actually is? Yeah, I saw that. Because I feel that now maybe, and this is just an observation, there's no kind of insight mm. specifically, but I wonder whether, because people watch so much football or so many clips are available throughout the season, so you can see the peaks of each yeah. star player throughout Europe, for example. I do wonder whether people have actually forgotten that, you know, pragmatism kind of rules at international tournaments overall. You're never going to yeah. get, a, you're never going to get an international side that's going to click and gel throughout the tournament, yeah. like peak Man City or 2011 mm. Barca. You know even even like that Spain amazing. side of, even that Spain yeah. side of 2010, for the players that they had, and you compare to what the Barcelona sides and the Real Madrid side at the time mm. were doing at club level they were much more pragmatic than their club mm. sides were and they a lot of those guys played together and I think this is why we said it on I think we said it after the Croatia game where we were talking about like tor- tactics for the tournament as a whole Yeah, and this is why I think it's quite encouraging for England because they've qualified top out of the group mm. and they haven't conceded the goal, the goal. No. and when you get into the knockout stages of the tournament you need keeping that. clean sheets is absolutely well, key especially when you have the options available that England have up top. Do you think, see what you said about the conservatism of international football. This is why, you know, England could go, what, we could go three games. We do okay against Croatia. Saw signs in it where there's a little bit of a drop-off. We we saw how poorly we played against Scotland. And then again yesterday, electric start, a little bit of a drop-off, but then you win the game. But then people will say about tournament football, and I, I think it's, you, you have to put in, international football and tournament football is, especially in group stages, right? Mm. Where people, you're satisfied with, I don't know, for want of a better word, mediocre performances just mm-hmm. to get through to the, the next stage. It's almost like, yep, it doesn't, it doesn't matter no. um, until you get to that stage. Now, from the player's point of view and you being in it and trying to win a competition, totally understand. But from an entertainment point of view, yeah. it's, you know, you think to yourself, well, 
when, when I was younger, I don't remember this in the World Cups and tournament football. I just remember teams blasting teams. I remember one of the first ones, I think, um, was it Holland or someone beat so like Yugoslavia 9-0 or something mm. when I was younger? Was that the 74 World Cup? Or I don't know what, what one it was, but it, they beat somebody something like 9-0. I can't remember who it was. And I was thinking, oh my God, this is amazing. But like, I think that it's come as the years have gone by. Let's be stoic. Let's not give anything away. Let's nick it 1-0 and let's get to the next stage. Mm-hmm. You know, now you probably take it now because it's something that's, accepted as like, you know, like quote, tournament football. Mm. So now I don't know how to feel about England at the moment because we've got through, we've got through winning the group and now we're going into um, the the next round. The next game is going to be against a potential winner. Mm -hmm. So you hope that England can win it. Fingers crossed. I'm praying that they can win it. But then you get to four games. We could go out. And what have I seen of my team with, like for me, one of the most exciting um, set of young players I've seen in an England side for many, many years. And what have I seen because of this pragmatic approach of tournament football? It's a really, really weird mixture of, you're going to use a basketball phrase, but it's a win now Mm. squad. Mm. But I think the players, apart from Harry Kane, maybe Raheem Sterling, the players who can really, really do damage, who are fully fit, are probably all under 22, Mm. 23. And it's their first tournament for England, most of them anyway. So, I mean, if you look at Foden, Saka, Sancho, Bellingham, Grealish, that's not a huge amount of experience at international level in a tournament sense. Those, apart from Harry Kane, even if you go further than that, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Marcus Rashford's one of the most experienced there, but even he's not 25 yet. So you've got all of these players who are super, super young. And in that sense... Obviously, we'd all love England to kind of go out and play like amazing football and stuff like that. But mm. ultimately, people want to win and people want to go yeah. deep in the tournament. The optimist in me is thinking that Southgate knows this as well. Mm-hmm. I think Southgate has faith that this England side could go really deep in the tournament. And I don't think he actually, I don't think he actually is worried too much about who he plays in terms of like the opposition. And that's why I think, for example, you saw... Like if you were going to say Jaden Sancho will play like 10 minutes oh. in a group stage, which game do you think it would have been? It would have been that last game, the final 10 minutes, because I, I, there's part of me that thinks he's... You wouldn't give him more? Well, no, I mean, if, if, if you were going to tell, if someone's going to say to you before the group stage, is Jaden Sancho's only going to play 10 minutes of a game? Right. Right. I don't agree with it because I've, you know, obviously I've seen a lot of Jaden over the last two seasons. I think I tweeted after the Scotland game, there was like part of me that thinks Southgate is playing this kind of 5D chess stuff here and he's like, easing players in to unleash them for the knockouts where they can really hurt because the risk reward in the group stages is kind of too too big. For example, like England draw against Croatia and they slip up against Scotland, it's game over. The margins are tiny to get out of the group. But then when you get out of the group and it goes game by game, that's when you can really start to introduce more so what, of kind so of... So wouldn't you put, wouldn't you give Sancho more time just so as he can get the vibe for it? I would or do. Or at least let I him would, know I, something because when I saw him on the on the bench, he looked a bit forlorn. And you, yeah, yeah. I feel that Jadon still feels, feels like he has to prove himself at this level because he's not getting the minutes. What gives him the the time on the field, like I should say, to to do his stuff, which is with with abandonment. He just goes and he just does his stuff. I do not believe that he's got that license yet. He doesn't feel like he can do that, like he would do it 
if he was at Dortmund, mm. if he's got plans for him to play um, in the next next phase, he should give him a lot more time than he's given him. That's eight minutes, mm. 81 minutes when I was looking. And Gareth Southgate, if he has got some major plan and he's just going to throw him in in the next one, that's too much pressure for me. It's too much. What I'd like to think is happening is that there's a plan there and the whole mm. squad knows the plan. We're, we're all desperate to see mm. him do well. He's obviously desperate for him to do well himself. And now he's seen Foden, Grealish, Saka, Sterling. He's seen everybody mm-hmm. get a little taste and they've kind of all done something. Yeah, He wants to do his bit to get his love as well. Yeah, for and sure. I feel for him. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally do. I feel for, for anyone who's not really featuring at the moment because there's just so many options there. Yeah. I think, and I don't, I, I, I don't want to be that guy who's just kind of like, hey, well, let's wait and see, let's wait and see, mm. and just all like fucking fence-sitting. But like, yeah. they have qualified top of the group. Yes. It's just one yeah. of those, it's like, sometimes it goes that way. Like France in the, in the World Cup weren't exactly like lights mm. out in the early stages no, of the tournament. No. But they play some stuff on the way where you can see Okay, there's that flash of what we might get. You know what I mean? I think that in instances as well with us, I saw a flash of what we might get, especially when Saka got the ball turned and just went, fuck you lot, man, here I come. With, with love and not hatred. The one that Sterling hit the post. Like, I know. The, the Luke Shaw passed down the, po- down the line. Like, Can I just say, Harry Maguire and his ball progression is brilliant. Is awesome. It's he awesome. Was brilliant, so, you know. He was fa- He played a pass into Harry Kane when Harry Kane, people saying he should have squared it to, to Sterling. You don't square that to Sterling when you're going through, uh, when you're in a tournament, waiting to score your first goal, people questioning your fitness, your everything what they're questioning. You don't pass it there. But Harry Maguire's passing yesterday and the way he played, it showed why he's so integral to what we're doing. Mm. So integral to what we're doing. He, 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 was, he was brilliant yesterday. He was good. He was, he was fantastic. Um, and I'm... I'm it's again. It's 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 the kind of performance that you think to yourself, right? That makes me feel calm. Jordan Pickford, Jordan um, Pickford. In the last since in the, since the qualifiers up to this point, he has been for me. He's been magnificent. Even to, there was one. There was a beautiful bit of football from him yesterday because he got the ball. He put it down, and I think there was a couple of options in front of him. One to the to the left, maybe Carl Walker and that. And like, you can hear the crowd going, oh, come on. <laughs> but like, he then, he clipped one like 50 yards yeah, yeah. into Jack Grealish. And you think, this is it. And he's making saves. And he looks calm. He's just getting the ball and he's just calming people down. You're thinking, look at Jordan Pickford, man. But I think, I think a lot of that comes from the defensive solidity that England have got. Like the, Confidence yeah. it brings, yeah. Sure, there were room for, there's room. We said it after the first game, kind of the perfect scenario for England after that Croatia game. Got the win against the... A, a good side not the mm. best Croatia but still they've got the they've got the nous about them right, yeah. loads of room for improvement and um, and hopefully like a bit of something to build on now I think the Scotland game kind of I think alarmed a few people mm. but at the end of the day like we said like that's no England weren't great but it was it was a quote unquote derby it's a tricky yeah. tricky uh, uh, like Scotland went into that game with way more intensity than they did the other two yeah. um, a lot of those players knew each other um, to the point where a couple of them had to get ruled out because they were hanging out too long 
and that's it. So I think like the round of 16 game is going to tell, tell, tell us a lot more in terms of like where Southgate's at. And that I think is where it starts to get interesting. I can't because, wait to see that team, bro. Yeah, because even if, even if say, team. for example, Sancho doesn't start, right? Mm. Now you've kind of got a reason for it. And this is the thing I was thinking like, <laughs> Bukayo Saka has given Southgate a bit of a headache because, yeah. but a good headache because if he, for example, starts Bukayo Saka in the next game, which I'm not sure he will, to be honest, but I think if he, if he does, he's got a good enough reason for it. You, if mm. you, all you can just say is like, look, the guy was the man of the match in the last game. Yeah, but he's rested Phil Foden because of because the of yellow the suspension. Card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. So you're kind of feeling that that's his man. He's looking out for him, yeah. right? Yeah. But then, but then if, what if, you're supposed, if, if Saka comes exactly on, right. The players that we've got, you know, whatever they can do in this one, like we know we've got a, a big game coming up, whoever it is in the next one, right? Mm. Can you imagine the experience what these players will have playing in that game, what those players will think of our players? Because I know that all of them, Portugal, Germany, France, whatever we're saying, those teams are, are fancy to beat us. They will be wary of what we're capable of putting mm-hmm. out there. They'll be very wary. Yeah, I think I think England will open up a little bit more. I really hope we yeah. do. And then uh, we'll be sat here being like, "Oh my god, I can't believe England scored six. And France, I can't believe France didn't turn. They, I, we was hoping that they didn't turn <laughs> up, imagine, and they didn't. Can you imagine Roy Keane if England beat France like four one. It's like <laughs> these guys won the World Cup. <laughs> Should we we'll give a shout to Scotland quick? I think we should give a shout to Scotland. I, I, I want to give them flowers because I, I, I really feel for the Scottish fans because they are, they're magnificent Amazing. to a man, the way they support their team. And what I saw with their team against uh, England, again, it's, it's the chances. Mm. They take them chances. They probably beat England. Mm. You know, the first game against the Czech Republic, they could have easily drew, drew that game. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the goal, especially the second goal, you know what I mean? It's easier goal they didn't need to concede. When you look at how they played against England, how organised they were, you know, and how if they could have taken those chances, they, they deserve more, right? Yeah. They deserve more. And then for, for, for Croatia to kind of beat them like they did. I mean, um, yeah, this was a... Mm. It was, and, and the thing, what it, that, what it does <clears throat> show again is you know, as much as we didn't perform against Scotland because for lack of intensity, whatever it was, and they did, you know, they needed that. They needed to bring that to, to Croatia. Yeah. And that's the difference. They needed to keep that energy. Whereas we found the energy. We didn't, we didn't respond in that derby like we should have. But in the next game we did. And unfortunately for Scotland, in the next game they didn't. Yeah, I think and that is the difference in the, in the level of the quality that they have to find at, probably at this level. But you know, no Billy Gilmore, you know, mm. chances not taken. They, they're organised enough, right? They're organised enough. If they could finish a couple of those chances, mm. you never know with Scotland. But I felt for them. It shows like the diff- the, how close the margins are though, man. It's like, mm. you know, it, that's what I says. maybe something to use as a bit of encouragement for England going through. But I mean, they faced a, a Luka Modric who completely controlled the game yeah. and scored yeah. an absolutely unbelievable goal, which, which meant that he's... He, as well as being Croatia's youngest goal scorer, he's now also Croatia's oldest goal scorer wow. at men's international level. Wow. Um, and just one of those, like, sometimes, I think that was where you saw, I mean, we were talking about how 
in the England game, the England Scotland game, that midfield battle was like super interesting because of yeah. how good Billy Gilmore was, and like oh, yes. this, and yeah. you could understand why Southgate kind of like, well, why Scotland like really packed the midfield like that. Mm. And in this game, you just saw how actually, even though that was his full debut against England, how much he brought to that side in yeah. in midfield, going up against you know quality players. Yeah. <sighs> I'm not sure that it tells us anything about Croatia going deep, though, to be honest. I don't think this is, like I said, I think Croatia still have glimpses of that side that went to the final. Obviously, it depends on who they play next, but like, I'm not sure this is a side who will probably get to the final, I don't think. What I saw with, with Croatia and why I look back at the England result and I think to myself, you know, so I've got to give it a little bit more love because what we saw with Croatia against Scotland is if... If you're not tight enough, if you're not closing, if you are going to give that caliber of player like a Perisic and a Modric, mm. that fraction of time that that can hurt you, then they probably will hurt you. And I think that what we did against Croatia is we didn't give them that. Mm -hmm. They didn't look like a threat mm -hmm. for me against us to the point where people are saying, yeah, but this Croatia team's gone. And then you look at them against Scotland, a team that weren't tight enough, weren't close enough. You give Modric that time on the edge of the box. I'm saying to people like yesterday, you know, that's the kind of, it's the kind of finish that you do when you, right, I want to make sure of this. I'm going to come onto this with my left foot and just bend it. It was instinctive. He knew exactly what he was doing with the outside of his right foot yeah. to finish it like that is what you're dealing with at this level. And that is what Croatia showed as, as poor as they may have looked against us, because I think we played well. We played well mm -hmm. and shut them down where we needed to. You give them time, they're going to absolutely hammer you. Mm -hmm. And that's what they've done with Scotland. Yeah. That's what they've done with Scotland. You gave quality play. Look at Perisic. That's what he's capable of. Modric, half a yard, bam, top corner. He's got some wily old foxes in that side, man. Yeah. Yeah. Then they've got people like Kovacic, who mm. I think we said after the England game, he was like the best player on the pitch apart from Calvin Phillips. Yeah. And that's how good that midfield battle is. And that's, I think, where, where Scotland really just couldn't handle them in the end when, no. with Gilmore not there. Yeah. Having to deal with Kovacic and Modric, it's just like... Such a shame. Such a sh it is a shame. But, but for Scotland, I think that, you know, just getting back to an international tournament after so long, was it 23 yeah. years? The last time, 98, the World Cup yeah. was the last one? I just want them to, I think Che Adams could be brilliant for them. They just mm -hmm. need one more striker. And I think that they're not a million miles away in respect to what they're doing. Yeah, And also they've been playing Scott McTominay at centre-back and he's not centre-back. Mm -hmm. So I think no. that obviously, yeah, he has played there occasionally, but yeah. I, he's, you know, I do wonder actually whether the Croatia game might have been different if they'd moved him into midfield. I think that was the one thing where... They needed to snuff him out. This yeah. is why, what, what Modric was doing with us is all of a sudden, when, when the game started, he was in and around the number 10. And then all of a sudden you see him back there, he's in, like in and around number six. Mm. You know what I mean? I think that um, yesterday he just had, he, he, he just had too much of a run of the game. When it got congested anywhere, he went somewhere else. And I don't think it got congested enough for him in and around Scotland. And he just like, he just started to wield the power. Loki Modric, man. He's Loki Modric, baby. It's <laughs> <laughs> too many, like we, we, we should be getting uh, ad revenue. <laughs> from uh, Disney Plus and Marvel on this. This is unbelievable. Oh, um, you mentioned Somebody was saying they want me to get a Cars reference in. I said, I can't do it like that. I can't just like, oh my God, oh, The best way to do it is just be like, just Lightning McQueen. Lightning McQueen. <laughs> That's all you need to do. Just like, Lightning McQueen. Lightning McQueen. <laughs> uh, you mentioned Modric's goal. Mm. There was another goal of beauty this week, which uh, I can't, I think it might have been 
Emily Oram tweeted at us saying cathartic goal. And that was Andreas Christensen's goal oh, against Christ. Russia. You know, it's the kind of strike where it's coming and it's coming at the right pace. It's just far enough out. It's, it's one of those where you just go, fuck off. And you just, he hit it so hard. You could see with the way he, he celebrated. Mm. What's the worst that's going to happen? It's going to fly over the bar. But if you catch that right, it literally, that net was, it, it, that net's not there. That smashes someone's face in <laughs> behind the goal. That is, it, it was a beautiful strike. He hit it so hard it and so, so controlled. There's something about seeing a strike that's hit that cleanly, that pure from that far out. That is just so satisfying. It was a beautiful um, get, Getty image that I posted, which was taken just as he hit it from behind. Mm. And you can just see there's just like a load of defenders and the keeper. And you're like, whoa, it went to the, like the goalkeeper's mm. right. Yeah, and, and it, yeah, it wasn't here. high, it flew in oh. the middle. But you know, you know what I love about that? It's, it's, the, um, it's when you get, so he's hit it. And there's an instant where everybody obviously waits for it to hit the net. But then when he realizes in the goal, the emotion that leaves your body then is what you crave. Mm. It's what you miss, especially as a striker or as, as a footballer. It's the moment of, of, of an unadulterated joy that you mm. cannot contain in your body. And that's where you see the contortion in the face, the grabbing of the shirt, the running. And it's, 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 a, re- it's a pure moment mm. that people don't take enough notice of because they don't realize in that moment you're totally out of control of what's going on in your body. You're just, it's sheer exhilaration and joy, which is when you get a picture of it, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. The best one I've seen, the best two I've seen is Tony Adams. He's when he closes his eyes, the statue and you know, because the realization and what I went through Tony Adams, see what Tony Adams went through. Yeah. The Everton game. And then when Wes Morgan was, he's literally a fraction of a second before he lifted the, the, the Premier League trophy with, um, with Ranieri. He does something where you could see him do something, a little kind of like, it was, and I, I noticed it nearly made, it nearly made me cry wow. because it was the, it was the, 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 the joy of what he's done. And it, it was just kind of done a little, close his eyes and a little thing. If you get to see it, watch it. And then he raised it. Those moments I look for now. Because those are the, that's the purity of, the, that's the purity of it. Another amazing thing about this Denmark game, obviously Denmark winning, was it 4-1 in the end, right? Yes. Um, was everyone in the huddle and the Denmark member of staff who was refreshing an app on his phone trying to see when full time had happened. Yeah, that was really I was just cool, like, yeah. we've all done that. We've yeah. all been like, no, 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 we can't celebrate yet. We're refreshing, yeah, refreshing, refreshing. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant when you see it actually happening, happening at that yeah. level. And they're like, cause I, I think a lot of people thought that they were going to like FaceTime Christian Erickson, for example. And they were just oh. like, oh, it's not done yet. It's not done yet. Like yeah. we're waiting for the thing to finish. And then it just happens. And they got Wales next. It's a great draw. Like we say, I'm so pleased and pray to God and everything. Or you believe in that sort of stuff that Christian Erickson's all right, but they've got something that has brought that squad together like nothing else could yeah. in a tournament. And they've had this energy before. Now, I'm not saying they are going to go forth and do it, but they have got a momentum and a drive going into this next round. And it's against Wales. Well, you know what I mean? They'll, they'll probably fancy that. Just like Wales with, with Gareth Bell and Aaron Ramsey, the helm. You know, Daniel James running with unbelievable pace and he looks very, very good. You know, they'll both fancy themselves to win the game, but you have to say the momentum at the moment with Denmark and what they, what they can feed off of 
to give them the energy and the strength to go forth. Mm. And they're doing this with Christian Eriksen. Yeah. You know, as, as cliched and, as, and as, as cheesy as it may sound, they've got something to fight for. They've got something to, to do it for. Everything kind of means more when there's a cause, you know? So it's like, mm. I think going from a, an underdog from the competition to obviously being a neutral's favourite, mm. albeit the, the circumstances were, were grim. If, if they could turn back time, that hadn't have happened to Christian Eriksen, they would have gone out in the group stages. Every single mm. one of those would have taken it because... Yeah, of course. But it's like, this is the way it's played out. I think playing away from Copenhagen for the first time in the tournament might be the deciding factor here because obviously Wales have travelled. They've not had a home game. Because mm. I don't think there are going to be a lot of um, supporters from each country there because of the restrictions for COVID. Mm. Mm-hmm. I wonder whether that might all of a sudden f- not feel a little bit underwhelming for Denmark, but I think maybe might take their energy away, yeah. a little bit their energy, a little bit their verve. But then again, you never know. Obviously, worth remembering, Christian Eriksen spent a lot of time at Ajax. Mm. They're playing in Ajax's home stadium. Yeah. yeah. So that could local, be another. It might be can, like another home that can game. Feed for into the energy again. This is his. This is a play. This is his place where he used to play. This is where he used yeah, to. Yeah, it might be like it could feed into the energy. Yeah. Speaking of uh, the Netherlands, should we talk about... Memphis, man. Memphis. FC Barcelona's Memphis, Memphis Depay. Depay. You know, there's, there's something about him and his demeanour and the way he is. We're talking about, you know, when someone's just cool, he's, he's cool, man. He's so cool. And I was quite excited for him when he came to, to United at 21. And you think to yourself, that's a good signing. But we're talking about a, a, a Man United at the time under Van Gaal, you know, where players like him, even Adnan Janazai, um, Angel Di Maria, you know, the creative kind of player, Memphis Depay, um, they struggled. Mm. They were struggling. And you look at them, especially Di Maria has gone on to do great things. Janazai should have done a lot more than he's done. But when you look at Memphis Depay and his, his, his skill set, you need to have patience with that guy. Give give him the time because he's definitely got the demeanor. He's got the he's got the attitude for. It. He's got the persona for it. So then you just feel that if he had the right, if he had the right environment for himself, mm. Man United, he, what he's doing now would have been doing at Man United. But sometimes it's not meant to be. It's not meant to be. Yeah, I mean that Leon move for Memphis, I think, yes. was just such a smart footballing move because yeah, but everybody was kind of like. To, like saying, oh, yeah, he's going to fade away now. It was really quite, no. people were very negative yeah, towards know, it because are, it was France but, and the way they yeah. are negative towards French football. I thought it was really nasty the way people were, were um, the way they kind of shipped him off and think, yeah, go on, see you later. Like, this is a, they are a great football club. Like, I think the players sometimes just need the move where the fit is a little bit better. Mm. Memphis is like kind of, he's, he is like a footballing free spirit, right? And I think that when you're that young and you go to Manchester United and you take the number seven shirt, like that that number seven shirt of Manchester United is like, it's, it's a heavy shirt to wear. Like shirt. I mean, it's a heavy shirt at any club because it's such a legendary number. But I think at Manchester mm. United, it carries so much weight. That's a lot for a, for a kid who's just come from PSV. Yeah. Then it's, it does give you an insight into his, his um, confidence in himself. Yeah, but I, th- I think this is one of the, th- one of the things that I, not, 
not dislike, but I think is a shame about football is when you see players of that age moving to clubs like Manchester United or Real Madrid or Barcelona. Mm. And it's kind of like, uh, you should have done this at 24, actually. Yeah. You're good enough to do it now. But there's a cautionary tale to be had here for a lot of these young players who they move to a club is a little bit too much out of their comfort zone a little bit too early. I think there's a fear that those clubs won't come calling again. Yeah. But you look at Memphis now, he's going to Barcelona. Yeah. But you know, I was thinking with that as well. Um, he's going to Barcelona. Two-year deal. What does that say? Does that say that we're, we, 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 we know what you're capable of? Um, I, he wants to play with, for Koeman. We'll probably look out for him. But does that say like we'll give him two years because we're not sure? I think that is a... How long's Koeman got there? Probably two years. <laughs> um, you just never know with that club. I think mm. that's Barcelona having to massively cut their wage bill down because, wow. well, they actually do have to because they've been capped this year. The next two years are so critical for Barcelona. I think that that's not a bad move on both sides because I think that, for example, he might they might sign him up to another extension in a year. Mm which means if they need to sell him, they can actually get some money for him. But if they don't, then he's at Barcelona for two years and they don't renew, then he gets a payday somewhere, you yeah. know, another free transfer kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, you, it's not ideal, but I think that the circumstances at Barcelona at the moment are so strange that I can kind of understand maybe the odd mm. curveball in terms of signing because mm. they need to cut that wage bill down. What's going to happen with Dembele? It's probably going to... Oh, man. Another... You have to feel Another for that surgery. guy. Another surgery. You have to feel for that guy. I really That's do. That's the kind of, yeah. As, as, a, as a player, you know what I mean? I know we weren't going to speak about it, but when you think Memphis is going there, him getting the injury, getting going to have that, another shirt, you just think to yourself, when you're, as a footballer, right, even when you're playing Sunday morning football, when you're going to play football, the last thing you're thinking about is getting injured. You're thinking about doing great things. Mm. Great, you know, stuff like that. All this great stuff that you think of. You don't think of the negative side of it, but, when you're a player and people don't understand, you know, because fans, they'd like to be very, they're very nasty to, 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 to players who get injured. They're very, they've got no kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? No sympathy, sorry. Mm. They've got no sympathy for a player that continually gets injured. Like how they speak about someone like a Jack Wilshire, how they used to call um, Darren Ant and Signal, how they, they don't realize, like, like Daniel Sturridge, mm. how players get injured. And when things happen, all you're trying to do is get fit yeah and no empathy about how that feels play. yeah it's it's you don't realize because you you walk past the treatment room you see them all the time you see them getting close they come train with you they break down again it's fucking demoralizing i'm not going at people here but i think it's very very easy for us to reduce footballers to just super super wealthy people who are fine like like mm. money is happiness like obviously yes, money yeah. can help bring happiness but these people love playing football like not every footballer yeah. is like Asa Ricotto, right no. who's just like doesn't I don't even fucking like football but I'm just really good mm. at it so I'm here you know like they love playing football and they want to play football and it's like something that is outside of their control yeah, yeah. is reducing their ability to do so and, I, and then I you've, think, got and you've got the mental and the mental health aspect of that men, is honestly like, because people people what's it called right people don't understand the, the mental ramifications of when, you know, somebody like, for instance, you're driving your car and you, you've not played or you've played four games in two and a half years and you've gone for a load of money and 
all people talk about is you're, you're nicking money from their club and look at you're stealing money and you're trying to get fit yeah. to the point where you get that kind of negative reaction and you, you, you kind of push it further. You push it further. I tell you, it's, it's like Sean. Yeah. I remember Sean at QPR. Sean went there and he was struggling a bit with it, with an injury. And I said, Sean, just wait. Just wait. He wouldn't wait because he was so desperate mm -hmm. to try and prove to them that he wants to be there to do well for him. He continued to play when he had an injury. And in the end, they weren't seeing the actual Sean Wright Phillips that they wanted to see. You know what I mean? He was trying to play to keep them happy just to, because he was earning good money there. And I'm saying to myself, Sean, don't play. I tried to say right at the start, wait. I'd rather you wait, get totally fit, and then blast onto the scene. But the pressure that comes, the mental pressure and the pressure that comes with how fans are so negative towards you when you're injured, it pushes players to do things that they shouldn't. And I know this has come from like talking about Dembele, but you know what I mean? It's just one of those things that, again, Ryan, I have to be, so, I'm so grateful uh, how, how my career went. Mm -hmm. You know, got in late. I've seen players literally injured and just ease out the game, just injuries finish them, come back after, in, get another injury and that. And you think to yourself, Jesus Christ, you take it for granted that when you go out there, when you train, oh, I'm going to be fine. When you go to play, are you going to be fine? One tackle, one challenge changes your whole life yep. because you're living it every minute. Yep. You're living that injury every minute, trying to get fit. You know, your, your missus, your kids are unhappy, your family, the rest of your family, everybody, all your circle, all unhappy simply because of what you're going through. And then you get a pile on from people. It's, it's, it's one of the saddest situations I've, um, I've witnessed. Yeah. And Barca, Barca have been really unlucky as well. I think in terms of injuries, you know, you had Coutinho out, Dembele looked like he was kind of, Getting back, then they lost Ansu yeah. Fati. Ansu Fati's back now, which is that's going to actually make the the Memphis signing interesting because Memphis because uh, Ansu Fati's like ready to start for the next season, and mm. he's you know he's pretty hot. Yeah, he's pretty hot. I just feel sorry for for Dembele. He's actually someone who I think might benefit from a move mm. away, like to a club a little bit out of the yeah, focus change. for a bit, kind yeah. of like Memphis did. Yeah. Actually, yeah. you know, maybe going back to France for a bit, I don't think would be a wild move for, for Dembele once yeah. he's fit and stuff. Change the scenery, yeah. change the, the people around yeah. you, change everything because it's only so much people saying, yeah, how are you doing? Yeah, keep going. Is mm. it that you can take. And it's that club so is hard, man. Take. The pressure at yeah. Barcelona is ridiculous. Yeah, um, imagine. Boy Bounce, what are you looking forward to game-wise? Are you looking forward to oh, bird, Germany, um, Germany, Hungary later, Portugal, France? Uh, yeah, I, I'm obviously Portugal, France. You know what I mean? It's, it's one of those where I'm going to probably... Get a, a, a nice glass of Gavi and um, and a Bakewell tart, Ooh. and and that's a lot. That's that's a real taste sensation. It's so sweet the Bakewell tart, and then <laughs> the Gavi's going to be a little bit bitter. But I'm going to do it, and I'm just going to watch that and just just look for the top moments. Yeah, I think France Portugal. I think that's going to be watching gnarly, Pogba. Man. I think that's going to be gnarly. You think Actually, so? Yeah. Pogba's doing Pogba stuff. He's he's entertaining. Mm. He's doing stuff. Every touch, everything is he's, he's doing stuff, man. And obviously, France with a point to prove after the uh, point in Hungary. So, yeah, man, we'll see how they go, man. But like, yeah, I'm looking forward to France because, and or Portugal because it's one of those lot that we're gonna probably have to play. And you know, it's almost like not being able to look away from the from the accident when you're driving past. You're <laughs> rubbernecking. That's the that's the way I'm gonna watch that game. I'm gonna be rubbernecking that game because oh god, we might have to play them. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for having me. 
I love you, man. Thanks for coming to the yard, man. It's, it's been a pleasure. It feels therapeutic. It feels therapeutic. <laughs> just, just, just nice to talk through stuff. Yeah, isn't it? it's therapeutic. <laughs> All right, man. I'll see you soon. God bless, bro. Okay, thanks everybody for listening. Thank you very much, Ryan Hun. I feel a bit better about England for some reason because, hey, it's tournament football. I don't know who we're getting next. I don't care until the day comes, but, you know, it's tournament football. But, like, um, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, I'll see you guys soon. And, like I say, come on, England. Lightning McQueen. <laughs>